section thirty five of the crime of sylvestre bonard by anatole france this librivox recording is in the public domain may who would recognize the city of books now there are flowers everywhere even upon all the articles of furniture jean was right those roses do look very nice in that blue china vase she goes to market every day with therese under the pretext of helping the old servant to make her purchases but she never brings anything back with her except flowers flowers are really very charming creatures and one of these days i must certainly carry out my plan and devote myself to the study of them in their own natural domain in the country with all the science and earnestness which i possess for what have i to do here why should i burn my eyes out over these old parchments which cannot now tell me anything worth knowing i used to study them these old texts with the most ardent enjoyment what was it which i was then so anxious to find in them the date of a pious foundation the name of some monkish engineer or copyist the price of a loaf or of an ox or of a field some judicial or administrative enactment all that and yet something more a something vaguely mysterious and sublime which excited my enthusiasm but for sixty years i have been searching in vain for that something better men than i the masters the truly great the fauriels the tiris who found so many things died at their task without having been able any more than i have been to find that something which being incorporeal has no name and without which nevertheless no great mental work would ever be undertaken in this world and now that i am only looking for what i should certainly be able to find i cannot find anything at all and it is probable that i shall never be able to finish the history of the abbots of saint-germain-des-prés guardian just guess what i have in my handkerchief judging from appearance jean i should say flowers oh no not flowers look i look and i see a little grey head poking itself out of the handkerchief it is the head of a little grey cat the handkerchief opens the animal leaps down upon the carpet shakes itself pricks up first one ear and then the other and begins to examine with due caution the locality and the inhabitants thereof therese out of breath with her basket on her arm suddenly makes her appearance in time to take an objective part in this examination which does not appear to result altogether in her favour for the young cat moves slowly away from her without however venturing near my legs or approaching jean who displays extraordinary volubility in the use of caressing appellations therese whose chief fault is her inability to hide her feelings thereupon vehemently reproaches mademoiselle for bringing home a cat that she did not know anything about jeanne in order to justify herself tells the whole story while she was passing with therese before a chemist's shop she saw the assistant kick a little cat into the street the cat astonished and frightened seemed to be asking itself whether to remain in the street where it was being terrified and knocked about by the people passing by or whether to go back into the chemist's even at the risk of being kicked out a second time jean thought it was in 
a very critical position and understood its hesitation it looked so stupid and she knew it looked stupid only because it could not decide what to do so she took it up into her arms and as it had not been able to obtain any rest either indoors or out of doors it allowed her to hold it then she stroked and petted it to keep it from being afraid and boldly went to the chemist's assistant and said if you don't like that animal you mustn't beat it you must give it to me take it said the assistant now there as jean by way of conclusion and then she changes her voice again to a flute tone in order to say all kinds of sweet things to the cat he is horribly thin i observe looking at the wretched animal moreover he is horribly ugly jean thinks he is not ugly at all but she acknowledges that he looks even more stupid than he looked at first this time she thinks it not indecision but surprise which gives that unfortunate aspect to his countenance she asks us to imagine ourselves in his place then we are obliged to acknowledge that he cannot possibly understand what has happened to him and then we all burst out laughing in the face of the poor little beast which maintains the most comical look of gravity jean wants to take him up but he hides himself under the table and cannot even be tempted to come out by the lure of a saucer of milk we all turn our backs and promise not to look when we inspect the saucer again we find it empty jean i observe your protege has a decidedly tristful aspect of countenance he is of sly and suspicious disposition i trust he is not going to commit in the city of books any such misdemeanors as might render it necessary for us to send him back to his chemist's shop in the meantime we must give him a name suppose we call him dangri de gouttiere but perhaps that is too long pill drug or castor oil would be short enough and would further serve to recall his early condition in life what do you think about it pill would not sound bad answers jean but it would be very unkind to give him a name which would be always reminding him of the misery from which we saved him it would be making him pay too dearly for our hospitality let us be more generous and give him a pretty name in hopes that he is going to deserve it see how he looks at us he knows that we are talking about him and now that he is no longer unhappy he is beginning to look a great deal less stupid i am not joking unhappiness does make people look stupid i am perfectly sure it does well jean if you like we will call your protege hannibal the appropriateness of that name does not seem to strike you at once but the angora cat who preceded him here as an intimate of the city of books and to whom i was in the habit of telling all my secrets for he was a very wise and discreet person used to be called hamilcar it is natural that this name should beget the other and that hannibal should succeed hamilcar we all agreed upon this point hannibal cried jean come here hannibal greatly frightened by the strange sonority of his own name ran to hide himself under a bookcase in an orifice so small that a rat could not have squeezed himself into it a nice way of doing credit to so great a name i was in a good humour for working that day and i just dipped the nib of my pen into the ink-bottle when i heard someone ring should any one ever read these pages written by an unimaginative old man he will be sure to laugh at the way that bell keeps ringing through my narrative 
without ever announcing the arrival of a new personage or introducing any unexpected incident on the stage things are managed on the reverse principle monsieur scribe never has the curtain raised without good reason and for the greater enjoyment of ladies and young misses that is art i would rather hang myself than write a play not that i despise life but because i should never be able to invent anything amusing invent in order to do that one must have received the gift of inspiration it would be a very unfortunate thing for me to possess such a gift suppose i were to invent some monkling in my history of the abbey of st germain des prés what would our young erudites say what a scandal for the school as for the institute it would say nothing and probably not even think about the matter either even if my colleagues still write a little sometimes they never read they are of the opinion of parney who said une paisible indifférence est la plus sage des vertus the most wise of the virtues is a calm indifference to be the least wise in order to become the most wise this is precisely what those buddhists are aiming at without knowing it if there is any wiser wisdom than that i will go to rome to report upon it and all this because monsieur Gély happened to ring the bell this young man has latterly changed his manner completely with jean he is now quite as serious as he used to be frivolous and quite as silent as he used to be chatty and jean follows his example we have reached the phase of passionate love under constraint for old as i am i cannot be deceived about it these two children are violently and sincerely in love with each other jean now avoids him she hides herself in a room when he comes into the library but how well she knows how to reach him when she is alone alone at her piano every evening she talks to him through the music she plays with a rich thrill of passional feeling which is the new utterance of her new soul well why should i not confess it why should i not avow my weakness surely my egotism would not become any less blameworthy by keeping it hidden from myself so i will write it yes i was hoping for something else yes i thought i was going to keep her all to myself as my own child as my own daughter not always of course not even perhaps for very long but just for a few short years more i am so old could she not wait and who knows with the help of the gout i would not have imposed upon her patience too much that was my wish that was my hope i had made my plans i had not reckoned upon the coming of this wild young man but the mistake is none the less cruel because my reckoning happened to be wrong and yet it seems to me that you are condemning yourself very rashly friend sylvestre bonnard if you did not want to keep this young girl a few years longer it was quite as much in her own interest as in yours she has a great deal to learn yet and you are not a master to be despised when that miserable notary mouche who subsequently committed his rascalities at so opportune a moment paid you the honour of a visit you explained to him your ideas of education with all the fervour of high enthusiasm then you attempted to put that system of yours into practice jean is certainly an ungrateful girl and Jelie a much too seductive young man 
but still unless i put him out of the house which would be a detestably ill-mannered and ill-natured thing to do i must continue to receive him he has been waiting ever so long in my little parlour in front of those sevres vases with which king louis philippe so graciously presented me the Massonneur and the pasteur of leopold robert are painted upon those porcelain vases which jaillie nevertheless dares to call frightfully ugly with the warm approval of jean whom he has absolutely bewitched my dear lad excuse me for having kept you waiting so long i had a little bit of work to finish i am telling the truth meditation is work but of course jaillie does not know what i mean he thinks i am referring to something archaeological and his question in regard to the health of mademoiselle jean having been answered by a very well indeed uttered in that extremely dry tone which reveals my moral authority as guardian we begin to converse about historical subjects we first enter upon generalities generalities are sometimes extremely serviceable i tried to inculcate into m joly some respect for that generation of historians to which i belong i say to him history which was formerly an art and which afforded place for the fullest exercise of the imagination has in our time become a science the study of which demands absolute exactness of knowledge jaillie asks leave to differ from me on this subject he tells me he does not believe that history is a science or that it could possibly ever become a science in the first place he says to me what is history the written representation of past events but what is an event is it merely a commonplace fact it is any fact no you say yourself it is a noteworthy fact now how is the historian to tell whether a fact is noteworthy or not he judges it arbitrarily according to his tastes and his caprices and his ideas in short as an artist for facts cannot by reason of their own intrinsic character be divided into historical facts and non-historical facts but any fact is something exceedingly complex will the historian represent facts in all their complexity no that is impossible then he will represent them stripped of the greater part of the peculiarities which constituted them and consequently lopped mutilated different from what they really were as for the interrelation of facts needless to speak of it if a so-called historical fact be brought into notice as is very possible by one or more facts which are not historical at all and are for that very reason unknown how is the historian going to establish the relation of these facts one to another and in saying this monsieur bonnard i am supposing that the historian has positive evidence before him whereas in reality he feels confidence only in such or such a witness for sympathetic reasons history is not a science it is an art and one can succeed in that art only through the exercise of his faculty of imagination m jellie reminds me very much at this moment of a certain young fool whom i heard talking wildly one day in the garden of the luxembourg under the statue of marguerite of navarre but at another turn of the conversation we find ourselves face to face with walter scott whose work my disdainful f young friend pleases to term rococo troubadourish and only fit to inspire somebody engaged in making designs for cheap bronze clocks those are his very words why i exclaimed zealous to defend the magnificent creator of the bride of lamamur and the fair maid of perth the whole past lives in those admirable novels of his that is history that is epic it is frippery jelly answers me 
and will you believe it this crazy boy actually tells me that no matter how learned one may be one cannot possibly know just how men used to live five or ten centuries ago because it is only with the very greatest difficulty that one can picture them to oneself even as they were only ten or fifteen years ago in his opinion the historical poem the historical novel the historical painting are all according to their kind abominably false as branches of art in all the arts he adds the artist can only reflect his own soul his work no matter how it may be dressed up is of necessity contemporary with himself being the reflection of his own mind what do we admire in the divine comedy unless it be the great soul of dante and the marbles of michelangelo what do they represent to us that is at all extraordinary unless it be michelangelo himself the artist either communicates his own life to his creations or else merely whittles out puppets and dresses up dolls what a torrent of paradoxes and irreverences but boldness in a young man is not displeasing to me Jaly gets up from his chair and sits down again i know perfectly well what is worrying him and whom he is waiting for and now he begins to talk to me about his being able to make fifteen hundred francs a year to which he can add the revenue he derives from a little property that he has inherited two thousand francs a year more and i am not in the least deceived as to the purpose of these confidences on his part i know perfectly well that he is only making his little financial statements in order to persuade me that he is comfortably circumstanced steady fond of home comparatively independent or to put the matter in the fewest words possible able to marry quod erat demonstrandum as the geometricians say he has got up and sat down just twenty times he now rises for the twenty-first time and as he has not been able to see jean he goes away feeling as unhappy as possible the moment he is gone jean comes into the city of books under the pretext of looking for hannibal she is also quite unhappy and her voice becomes singularly plaintive as she calls her pet to give him some milk look at that sad little face bonard tyrant gaze upon thy work thou hast been able to keep them from seeing each other but they have now both of them the same expression of countenance and thou mayest discern from that similarity of expression that in spite of thee they are united in thought cassandra be happy bartolo rejoice this is what it means to be a guardian just see her kneeling down there on the carpet with hannibal's head between her hands yes caress the stupid animal pity him moan over him we know very well you little rogue the real cause of all these sighs and plaints nevertheless it makes a very pretty picture i look at it for a long time then throwing a glance around my library i exclaim jean i am tired of all those books we must sell them End of section thirty five